episode 392, Black Adam. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben. Ben Avery, and I am here with Evan David. Hello, it's me, Evan and David. It's time to talk about some superhero movies, Evan. Woohoo! Or a superhero movie, although others will be referenced, I am sure. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, this is not a uh, road trip episode because I'm not taking a road trip out to see Evan in Colorado. Uh, <laughs> Because that's a long, long, long road trip, and no one wants to listen to that. You get 10 hours of me driving, 15 hours maybe, I don't know, 20, and then a half hour driving to the theater, and then a half hour driving back. I would probably just drive out to Indiana. That way I can be with you in the car as we drive out to Colorado. So, okay. So you would drive the 20 hours, and then you and I could do the 20 hours together. Yes. Which would be... That's like 10 episodes right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be actually there's 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 potential to Ooh. that. I mean, it's expensive prospect, but uh And I, you know I would actually do this. So don't <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm making some good money now, thankfully. So <laughs> we can we can make it happen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I'm not sure how seriously we'll talk about it, but we'll talk about it. All right. <laughs> so we are going to structure this episode in a similar way, though. We're going to talk about uh, this is our usual, um, just our usual movie review episode style. We're going to talk about it with a without any spoilers and just talk about it in generalities and talk about what we thought, how we would rank it, and who we would recommend it to. And then we'll play the spoiler organ and we'll talk about it. Where we'll talk about all the things that you might have already been spoiled about <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie. Uh, things happened over the weekend where spoiler floodgates were opened. They were. And we will talk about the spoiler floodgates that were opened and talk about specifics to this movie. But that'll be after the spoiler war again. You will be you will have plenty of warning before we jump into that. So. Yeah. But to start with, Evan, let's start mm -hmm. with uh, what's your movie story here? Who did you see this with? Where did you go? Anything interesting happen while you were there? Well, I went and saw it by myself, with myself. I went to a Regal Cinema, which is a chain I used to actually work for. Uh, but this one has the reclining seat, so that was nice. Got the back row elevated up there. <laughs> It's, it's, it sounded like you were about to say, I got the back rub and <laughs> funny story. Not that theater though. Funny story. I got a haircut the other week and it's the first time I've ever been to this haircut shop and it's a barber shop, right? So barber shop as opposed to hair salon tends to, you, you would think it's a, for men, right? Yeah. 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 That, yeah which I assume where my mind would go. Yep. Yeah. And, but so the, the barber is a lady and at the end of my haircut, she starts giving me a massage. And if I had not seen this happen to the person before me who had just finished their haircut, 
I don't know how I would have reacted. <laughs> I would like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, that something similar happened to me when I went to a barber when I was in high school. First time I went to this barber and they do my haircut. And then all of a sudden, like this wet stuff touches my face. I'm like, what? They were going to shave me. It was shaving cream. Oh, nice. At that point in my life, I had never shaved myself in that way. I always used an um, electric shaver. And mm. so it was the weirdest feeling. And I just remember this like, uh, uh, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm like 15. What am I? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but back to your movie experience. <laughs> well, my movie experience wasn't very interesting. So that, there you go. That's, that's a better anecdote anyway. So. <laughs> So my movie experience was I walked down to the theater again and saw it at the local small theater that takes cash only and that uh, has definitely done a better job. with. They did something with their sound system, and it's great. It's not too loud, not too quiet. I saw Kong versus Godzilla there, very, very quiet. But here mm. with this movie and with Top Gun, uh, both of them had the sound – loud enough that I'm like, this is worth coming to uh, for a movie like this where I don't feel like driving 30 minutes and paying slightly more. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. It was a, it was a fun experience because I went, walked down there, sat down by myself, watched the movie, walked right out and talked to a local cop because he is a comic book artist that oh. lives in town but I haven't seen him since I lived in Mishawaka. So huh. I, I've been in town for you know over a year and a half now, and I have finally seen him face-to-face -face again. It's like, hey, how you doing? And it was nice to catch up with him outside the theater. Then we both walked home opposite directions. So it was kind of this nice small-town experience. Have you talked him into illustrating Jawbone for you? No, no, mm. no. Probably. No, I do need to find someone to do that. But... Uh, I got in the mail a Samson graphic novel and it's, a I don't want to call a preview copy because it may not be an actual preview copy, but he, it's not for sale yet. And I'm very excited. Once I know more about when it's going to be for sale, I'm very excited to talk about it on the, on the YouTube channel for an, is it worth reading? Because it's really good. And it's been in the works for, I want to say about nine years. Wow. Um, I met him. I think it was about, well, I, yeah, it was nine years ago when I met him and I think he had started working on it then. And, uh, yeah, very excited. I, I might even see about having him come on, on the podcast here and talk about it, but very cool. yeah, it's, it's cool looking. He, what's cool about it is Samson isn't like hulked out. He's not He-Man. He's, he actually just looks like a normal guy, nice. um, a very fit, strong, normal guy, but it's the kind of guy that you look at and say, you know, with a little bit of work in a year, I could look like that. I'm never going to do the work, but I could, but just the idea of, you know, we've talked about the Superman and, and Wonder Woman where they could, and maybe even should just look like a normal average person because their strength is supernatural. And so I really like that idea and the way that he designed the, the Samson character, but that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't want to say too much more because I'm not sure how much he actually wants me to say at this point, but just got it in the mail a couple days ago and then sat down here and found my notebook for Jawbone, so it's funny you should bring that up. <laughs> All right, so before we get into talking Ooh. about spoiler movie stuff, I um, should write Jawbone for November Novel Writing Month. November Novel Writing Month? I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, you did. NanoRimo. What? NanoRimo. It's a challenge where you try and write a certain number of words in a month over the month of November. I have not heard that. That's how I started my draft of uh, my first draft of Ghosts of the Future. I need to get on that. It starts in two days, man. So. <laughs> um, okay. So before we talk about movie non-spoiler, what's your history with this character? Uh, okay. So my history with the character is really as a Captain Marvel villain or a Shazam villain, as he is now called. Yeah. Um and that's really about it is just him in that context. I did listen to a an audio drama adaptation of the novel adaptation of the comic book 
I can't remember if it was Countdown. It's 52. Is it 52? Yep. That's That really features Black Adam? Yep, it's 52. Okay. So <laughs> it was audio drama version of the novel version of the comic book, uh, 52. That is not a bad audio drama, Ben. Or it is not. I can't remember if you – did you get that for me? No, but you shared it with me. No, I shared that with you. That's what it was. Yes. I got that for you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yes. So I am actually less familiar with him as a Captain Marvel villain. Most of my exposure to that version of him has been through the DC short films and like in Batman, Brave and the Bold, things like that. Um, and I did read the new 52 Shazam reboot where he is a villain. Hey, Um, I, did you see the short film then? I, I, I say, did you see, knowing exactly what the answer is, but uh, Superman Shazam, Return of Black Adam, I think is that what it's called? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That is very good. It's and, so good. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the, uh, that's one of the ones I was talking about where it's, he's the villain. Like a 25 minute, maybe, maybe 25 minutes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Got George Newburn back as Superman. Love him in that role. <clears throat> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so my, my, uh, familiarity with him is mostly from the comic books. Uh, my first exposure to him was the 52 storyline. I collected those comic books. I had all of them. And so I've read through that twice at least. And then, uh, I just recently in preparation for this movie, went back and read the stuff right before 52, which was his brief stint in the JSA where he ends up taking control over Kondok and liberating it from terrorists. Okay. All and, right. So yes. That and makes some sense then. Okay. The three main people who he's fighting in that series are, uh, Hawkman, Adam Smasher. And then I, I think it's Dr. Fate. Uh, and then I read the series that comes right after 52 where he tries to, um, resurrect his wife. And then I read Countdown, in which he has a brief, brief role where he transfers his powers to Mary Marvel, and she becomes super evil, and it's pretty cool. Okay, so that's interesting. So most of your experience with him does not deal with Billy Batson at all. Correct. Whereas mine really does. And it's interesting because if you don't know about the the background he has with Billy Batson, Shazam, um, you'll be fine in this movie. <laughs> <There> <laughs> well, is, in, you do not need that context. By the time, I mean, I, I, I know how he got his powers and how he's related to Shazam and Billy, but I, uh, you know, at the time of the comic book storyline, him and Billy have moved past being, uh, villain and hero it's more like they're rivals begrudgingly uh working together sometimes hero and anti-hero and actually black adam had been on the reform in the jsa until he rediscovered his roots in condock and then went over there to bust heads yeah okay yeah but that that does give context for our more spoilerish conversation too Mm -hmm. as far as like our own background with the characters because yeah i i don't want to say too much more but i i will say this i was expecting a little bit more shazam kind (laughs) of like captain marvel any captain marvel yeah Uh, yeah we let's just not call him shazam can we well we i mean that's his name now that's his name now and is that, yeah. that's that's what they call him in the movies. I guess so. Which is so stupid. He can never say his own name. <laughs> it's like Mr. Mixapolitik. You know, Mr. Mixapolitik. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, we got to trick him to say his name backwards. Yeah. For, uh, for Billy, it's like no, we got to trick him to say his name just regular. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I let's let's talk then about um what just briefly briefly your initial impression of the movie and do you recommend it? Who do you recommend it for? Okay. Just, just real quick. We'll, we'll both do that and then we'll, we can jump into the regular conversation. Okay. I gave the movie four stars. Um, 
The only thing that I was not pleased with was there's a villain in this film uh, that is very overtly uh, satanic. Um, And so it's like, wow, okay, that's unfortunate. But apart from that, um, it's a fantastic representation of the character. I thought it was very faithful to the comic books. And... I would recommend this to any uh, Marvel movie fan. I thought it was very much in keeping with that sort of like civil war sort of um, uh, tone. And then, uh, yeah, if you're, (laughs) I'm hesitant to say if you're a DC movie fan, because it feels (laughs) like this is no, seriously, because it feels like this is a fresh start from the rest of the DC. Well, and being a DC movie fan means so much I mean, there's so many different definitions of what that could mean. Yes. yes. Does that mean you're a Zack Snyder fan? Yeah. yeah exactly. and, th- and only that? Or does that mean anything DC does? Or does that mean the DC extended universe, which whatever that means, because that's not even a phrase they use anymore. Like, yep. it's officially. <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know. Right. And, and this, this movie definitely confuses the issue. Well, for me, if you are a DC fan and you want to see some faithful, fun, poppy, Marvel-style representations of your characters, I recommend this to you. And I gave it three stars, uh, which is still a passing grade. But um, I would I would go one step further with like the content warning. Uh, you mentioned the the satanic-looking character. And it was satanic looking because like literally had a pentagram on him and horns. I mean, they played it up. They didn't say it up, but they played it up. Thankfully they did augment the pentagram. So it wasn't actually a pentagram if you look at it, but it's like in the doctor strange, you know, where he's got the ropes and they have all the symbols on them. But if you look at them closely, they don't, they're not actually symbols. They don't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, Uh, but I would, I would go one step more with that. And that is there's, there's definitely a violent, uh, a violence content warning here. It's PG 13. Um, but that's because I think they cut blood out and stuff like that. Or yeah, there's no, or, there's no graphic violence, but yeah, but it is killing people. Yeah. No, he's a murdering murderer who murders, but which true it's, to the character. It's James, Bond. it's James Bond. How many people does James Bond kill? Yeah. But we've talked about that. That doesn't Have make we? it right. Yeah, well, maybe maybe it was – no, that might have been Welcome to Level 7 with Daniel where it's like – yeah, he – it's not just James Bond. There's so many movies where it's just casual murder. Uh, yes. The difference is uh, – like do you remember talking about Flash Gordon? <laughs> that was one where it's just like, yeah, we're just going to con- – we're just going to murder everybody that comes yeah. our way. And that, but it's OK because you know they're doing their day job, but their day job's with a bad guy. Well, um, he's but he's from Sword and Sandal. Well, that's what I was going to say. It fits the character for sure. Don't get me wrong. It fits the character, but it was a little bit surprising. And so I would definitely be cautious with that. It's a PG-13 because it's not super graphic, but there is a lot of off-screen and implied stuff where you're like, that's that's not good. again, Again, from my experience with the comics, this stuff was absolutely tame like, compared to what he does in the comic books. Well, I'm, so I'm pretty sure they tamed it down. Like you can tell there were some spots where like they recolored the blood. So it was dark and not red, which is one thing you yeah, can yeah. do to get your your rating from that R to that PG-13. And, you know, you, you can definitely I feel anyway that they were struggling to say, OK, no, no, no. We need PG-13 here because we got to make money. And after what happened with Batgirl, you know, we we, we, we want to make money with this and actually get the movie out. So they don't have to put the money out of the movie out to make money. They can just write it off or is it write up or write down on the taxes. But no, it actually went out and we got it. And there's some fun, fun stuff. There's some stuff where it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But I gave it three stars. I recommend it to you say, was it civil war that you're talking about? Uh huh. I would, I would definitely say this felt like a Marvel movie after Avengers, Yeah. but it, it, maybe even like, uh, Iron Man two where it's, no, it's better than Iron Man two. No, no, no. The style 
where they're bringing in these other characters to just say, you know, hey, we got a big universe here with extra characters, you know, and and that's why it would also maybe go post Avengers where uh, just because you have a solo movie doesn't mean you're solo. It's it's Avengers light. And that's the same kind of thing here is and I loved seeing in fact, the highlight for me was not Black Adam. The highlight for me was seeing some of these other characters show up and see them on the screen. I'm like, oh, and they look good and they felt comics accurate. Um, so I, I, I liked the secondary character, secondary cast, actually more than the, the primary cast with Black Adam and the people that he was um, spending time with. So but yep. we'll talk about that in the spoiler section of this episode. So anything else before we move on to the spoiler section? I think that's it for me. Okay. I'm going to play the spoiler organ right about now. Spoilers. 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 everything's game evan we can start where you want to i don't know if you want to build up to your favorite thing or start with your favorite thing but let's build up to it ben let's start at the very beginning a very good place to start (laughs) so let's start with the scorpion king yeah no (laughs) (laughs) i totally had scorpion king vibe when i was watching this though because they start thousands of years ago it's sand and sword like you said or uh, sand and sandal Sandal and mm-hmm. sword. I mean, it's it's classic fantasy, classic. If it reminded me of Scorpion King, reminded me a little bit of Stargate in some ways. Uh, with the when they're talking about ancient Egypt, um, ten thousand BC, that movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it reminded me of uh, Young Justice because in this previous season, they really delved into the ancient history of the dc universe they went into like atlantis and all that and this would have existed at the same time as atlantis so there's some cool potential there maybe in the future um but yeah i i just thought i just really liked this movie a lot and the beginning was great uh his his uh resurrection was great i love a I love a good dig something up and accidentally awaken a thing i love that story <laughs> trope and only i mean that happened three times in this movie so yeah that's i one of the words i would use to describe this movie for me anyway was repetitive there was a lot of the same beats happening over and over again uh like uncovering something like um (laughs) black adam going and staring and being thoughtful Mm. Uh, he only stared at his statue or not his statue, but stared at the statue four times, maybe three. But um, there's some repetition. There was some awkward filming that, for me anyway, that I was just like, eh, I don't know. It's not great, but it's not bad. It's passable. But and none of the filming took me out of it at all. Um, I I really like that. Uh, and this is, I wish. Intergang would have been the main villains the whole time. I was very, very excited that they had Intergang in here. Yeah. They're classic Superman villains. What they should have done with that... I hated, hated the the main villain the or the, the final boss. Um, like we already said, it's like hugely overtly Satan-inspired, you know. But well, I mean, the guy—the like, guy went to hell. <laughs> I mean, sure, it came back. Yeah. I mean, it's, just... it's so it's so dumb because they, I mean, they're talking about the 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 champion of who are these people? Who are these demons that he's the champion of? Weren't they supposed to be the seven deadly sins? Didn't we already do this in Shazam? Um, and now you're saying there's a different set of seven evil things that are that are powering this guy up. Uh, I I get why they did what they did, but you're right. I I feel like by pulling focus away from Intergang and to this guy, it, it should have been 
inner gang and this guy working together, right? Like this is no, no, what their no, whole purpose sh- was. Like it hey, should have been. It should have been Bruno Mannheim should have been the final boss, and the crown should have been a relic from Apocalypse. Because anytime you read an inner gang story, Apocalypse is always in the background funding them and giving them super weaponry in order to do their evil stuff. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of should have been that, that should have been in this show. Yeah. And one of them was we should have had Shazam like Captain Marvel should have been in this movie and should have been part of the, know. Yeah, I, I feel like at the very least, and, and they're setting up something different. They're setting up exactly what I'm going to say with different characters. At the very least, this should have been Shazam was movie one, Black Adam was movie two, and Shazam versus Black Adam is movie three. Like at the very least, they should have gone there. Shazam one, then it's gonna then it's Black Adam, then it's Shazam Fury of the Gods, and then it's Shazam versus Black Adam. No, it's Superman versus Black Adam. That's no, but it's that's what they're setting it up though. Because there, there's going to be that that that's what they have to do. Because he is a Shazam villain, he is he's tied in with all the Shazam characters, and at the end of Shazam: Fury of the Gods, 100% Black Adam is going to show up and set up the next movie, um, and then in in the, that next movie, it's going to be Shazam and Superman team up to fight this guy. At the very least, and I love that they do that. But at the very least, we should have gotten a second post-credit scene we get the superman post-credit scene and then we get a second one that's just billy batson being like what i sense a disturbance (laughs) in the force shazam and he goes off to look or something like that but i couldn't believe now the wizard is the same wizard though yeah it's the same well they talk about they talk about black adam in the first shazam movie i know but they don't talk about shazam in this movie and that's I, I take issue I, with that. I was perfectly okay with it because I you, I know that they're setting it up for the next one, and I kind of like that they don't address it in this movie because then it can they can spend a lot more time on Black Adam's realization that wait a second, there's a second champion with these powers on Earth at the same time as me, and that's not going to sit well. Yeah, well, we'll see where it goes because I mean, Fury of the Gods is when do you know? Early next year, early next year, I think so. So we should at least get a rock cameo in that movie. And if we get that, that'll kind of it'll calm a little bit of my problem. (laughs) I'll feel better about it if we get that. Can we talk about the rock for a moment? Because I am just so happy with how much passion he's bringing to this and the other movies, which he's apparently now being a producer for um it's it's like a it's it's nice because it's like a ryan reynolds deadpool sort of situation where this is a part he's always wanted to play and he's very familiar with the source material and really wants to do it right and let's just be honest or this is my honest opinion i think it's better now than it would have been when they started trying i think him at his age where he is right now, him with his experience that he has now, uh, not that it's too much more, but I feel like this is the prime peak, the rock for this movie, for this role. It's he's perfect. Well, and he's like double the size he was when they first started talking about this. (laughs) He's just a massive, massive person. Well, and I thought it was pretty cool, actually. The, you know, they they desized him for his yeah. uh, uh, his origin story. But did that trick you, by the way? His origin story? No, because I've read the comic books, Ben. <laughs> well, I <laughs> have. Uh, it's if, okay if I have or haven't. I don't remember. <laughs> and it's the new Fifty Two origin story for him. It wasn't. It wasn't a complete surprise for me because I thought like this kid, like this is a weird setup right now. And there was a moment where his dad was talking to him early on where I'm like that, the shape of his head, that looks like the rock, but the the kid is supposed to be the rock. And then it turns out that 
they almost gave it away by the the shape of the guy's head from the back. But um, that was one of those where it just it didn't flow well. The revelation and the and I don't know if they even needed to do that revelation. But well, and again, yeah. it wasn't a revelation to me, so I didn't. I don't know how to react to it. Um, but I did really like that they had the kid be the champion for a little bit. Um, yeah, because that, that cool. lines up with, that lines up with what they told us in Shazam, where he fought the seven deadly sins. Uh, but then uh, I also like that when the kid is the champion, he's got the Black Adam Widow's Peak from the comics. I thought that was cool. Well, and I like it too because it kind of sets up this idea of young innocence. Yeah. You know, where it's it's not the best necessarily, but it's one of the best situations for us to use is a, a child who's given the wisdom of a man. And mm-hmm. and I, I like that idea, you know, and then the power goes to this corrupted person who is an adult <laughs> and he's corrupted by, you know being an adult and well and they just killed his wife and child in front of him right and and so the worst parts of him are going to come out yeah and and stay out and yeah i the origin story itself if you take it sequentially it's good it's good yeah. i'm just again i'm nitpicking on the the editing and and all that kind of things so well i think don't they say at one point in the comic books that the the power makes you more of what you no no that's that's Captain America it makes you more of what you are. <laughs> yeah, well, you it, they may have though. I mean, I that's that's a that's a trope that gets that gets used. And, and actually, we were just talking about it when I was to, talking about the something wicked this way comes with John Haru, where that's a theme in the book and the movie. Where if you're a if you're a uh, what how does phrase it. If you're a sinful cuss in one form, you're going to be a sinful cuss in another form or something like that where, mm. you know, changing your form isn't going to change what's inside. And yeah, and that's definitely at play here where you have uh, – yeah, I mean, a man who, yeah, like you said, lost everything and who just went crazy on uh, – and, and killed uh, – you know, people, a people group almost, <laughs> and uh, but was supposed to be their guardian because he got the powers from his son. Yeah. Did you like the uh, love interest and her son? Uh, like, well, it was serviceable. They worked. The son, you know, I mean, he's a child actor, and so you got to be a little forgiving with him, but... um. It was okay. I mean, it fit what we had going on. And I, I didn't feel like she was much of a love interest in this. No, but she's going to turn into his wife and a superhero in a sequel. So those those two are characters from the comics as well. They become Isis and Amon, who are... Oh, she's Isis. Okay. Yeah. who They're, they're the Black Adam Shazam family. Um, But I, I liked her. I... I've, I like her because in like in the comics, she's the one person who doesn't take any crap from him and is just like not scared, even though he could like flatten her with his pinky. And he kind of likes that. So I, I, I appreciated it. Yeah. I mean, again, they were, they were serviceable every time. <laughs> this is bad because I guess I just wanted a different movie. Uh, the black Adam movie didn't really interest me as much as the, the justice society movie. Oh, nice. You know, and, yes, and I, I do like the Justice Society. They, they were great. Because if you if you break it down, right? So you got the Black Adam stuff, and then you have like if you broke it down into different movies, the Doctor Fate movie that we had here was really good. Yeah, and mm-hmm. had some really rich stuff to it where he's like, everywhere he looks, he sees the future. You know, and if he's if he's not careful, touching the helmet or whatever, and um, and he doesn't like that because he sees how everyone dies and, and then just having that moment at the end where he's like, I don't see anything. And it's really nice because he's <laughs> going to die. And it's like, okay, cool. Um, I like the Hawkman movie that we got where he's all about just this rigid sense of justice. Yep. And it, 
it's justice without grace. Yep. You know, and and it's just this and his his character arc. I liked that. I I even enjoyed Adam Smasher and kind of his arc. Um you so, put, it to, put it together with uh oh, what was her name? Iclong, is it? Yeah, I think so. Um one thing I really liked Adam Smasher. I was I liked that they got the guy like Netflix's biggest teen star. He's finally branching out. So that was happy for him. What's he, what's and he from? What what was he from? I, any teen romance on Netflix, go watch when he's in it. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, but I'm I'm glad he's branching out. Good for him. Um, in the comic books, Adam Smasher is the one from the Justice Society who sympathizes with Black Adam, and so he's kind of like waffling on which side do I take and at one point he ends up joining Black Adam to, to liberate a country or whatever um, so I, I'm i hoping they'll play with some of that in the in the next one uh, and bring him back but yeah Hawkman was cool I like how they give you a little tiny hint of of his backstory where he's like I'm not afraid to die you should have told me sooner because he doesn't <laughs> actually die <laughs> um so that's that's cool. I I do have my nitpick is with them because it's like where the where were you for all the other things that supposedly happened in this shared continuity? <laughs> okay, and, and also there's the flip side to that. Where is everybody else? You know, yeah. like this is and they make a point out of it where it's like when Intergang came, where were you? You know, they yeah. actually say it out loud. Where were you? Where was where was Superman? Where was Aquaman? Well, Aquaman, he's underwater. Okay, fine. He's got a whole kingdom to worry about. But where where was Wonder Woman when you had this um this great injustice happening? Uh, where was Shazam? I mean, where were all of those people? Where even was the Suicide Squad? I mean, and that's the other weird thing is Amanda Waller is talking to the Justice Society. And and she's kind of ordered them around the way she would order around the Suicide Squad. And wow. it's just this interesting, like, okay, we're stepping well, into a country that we were not welcome in now because we didn't help them then. Yeah. Well, for me, it, that stuff kind of makes sense to me because it is it, – it's geopolitical. I mean it's not supervillains. It's – you know, it's this other country and – I could see Superman not wanting to get involved in overthrowing regimes. Um, and Shazam, I just think is oblivious to anything happening outside of Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, and that's something I'm actually interested to see. Like if they continue playing up this whole Amanda Waller thing and just how much control she exerts in the superhuman com community, you've mm -hmm. got this Shazam guy who just doesn't, I mean, he's a kid. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't care. Like, I don't think anybody knows that though. So thankfully, yeah. But I mean, it's interesting because the JSA is classically a a government spawned organization, right? Or they, or at least they came under the government during World War II. Um, so it it makes sense to me that they'd have some ties in there, and that Amanda Waller could give them intel and tell them what, or give them a green light to go into another country. Yeah, and also then you also maybe Amanda Waller talks to them when it's important. Like, yeah, we yeah. send the Suicide Squad in when it's just a wet work mission, and we don't care. But this one is important. Yeah, they're gonna so, have eyes. the world's gonna, gonna have eyes on this one. Yeah, we're we're gonna send in our A team and and not our Q team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, the fight scenes were so great. I love how Adam Smasher's just messing everything up. Great stuff. Um, I'm so confused as to how Hawkman's not dead. <laughs> Fighting Black Adam. <laughs> so, I mean, if he's an alien, okay, fine. But he's just getting... And there's also magic. It could be magic. Sure, sure. Uh I mean, there, there's more to his wings than meets the eye, maybe, you know, and it's I don't know. <laughs> but all of that is stuff that we can only allude to because that, that's all they give us is hints 
and you know because that's not the main event and but if it was if the hawkman movie was just this yeah i i like it yeah i like i like those supporting characters um the villains they're just there to be villainous and and that works as well and be um, expendable right oh my goodness <laughs> my word i loved it ben i loved it it <laughs> It's because it's it's exactly what he does in the comic books, except it's far less graphic and horrible here in this movie. And it's like to me, it's it's like a better version of the Punisher. Um, because I, I mean, I love I love how, how how much special effects did it take for them to just have Black Adam effortlessly just walk through walls because he doesn't care about doorways. <laughs> I mean. The the amount of they didn't have to do that, but it just adds so much, and I love it because he's just like whatever. Well, that, can... their, their poor apartment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And how in the world does his mom not know he has a secret passageway down to the ventilation shafts in his room? How did that get made without her knowledge? I don't know. I mean, he probably found it. Sure. Okay. I mean, you know, they they moved in, and then he's like, "Holy cow! Look what I have yeah. in my room. This is yeah. great." Uh, <laughs> but that was another thing. You know, there's like there's three different, if I remember correctly, three different fake outs, and and they just none of them worked for me. None of them sat well with me. And the, and the one was when they actually captured him, and he's trapped inside the intergang you know, flight cycle thing or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, and it opens up and you see him. So you're with black Adam. It opens up. You see him, you're back to black Adam. And, and then he's looking at an empty one and it's yeah. like, th- they didn't need to do that. It was completely superfluous. They did not need to do that at all. And it just made it co- for confusing editing. And it's that kind of thing. I'm just like, I didn't think so. I, yeah. I I thought I thought that was fine. I mean, it didn't phase me out because obviously, when Black Adam opens the thing and the boy's not in there, crushed to death. I mean that that's what would happen because he just destroyed that stupid motorcycle. <laughs> that kid would have been dead seven ways to Sunday. <sighs> well, the pilot survived. <laughs> he has a seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> and a helmet. It's just in the storage compartment. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. So, anything else before we talk about the big deal? Oh, I don't think so. Okay. So, what's the big deal, Evan? The big deal is. Henry Cavill is back as Superman and it's official and it's so official that he quit the Witcher, which was another huge passion project of his. So it is like so official and it's is, so happening. Is that connected? Is I that why he quit? So. I would assume so. Cause I know uh, they're, they're recasting him, right? Like he didn't yeah. die in that show. They're recasting yeah. him. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they would do that unless he's, I mean, cause he had a, he's got a deal with Netflix. He was doing Witcher. He was doing Enola Holmes. Um, but now but those, he's those are just movies though. Like that's correct. Like, but still commitment. he made those things, those deals because of Superman was in limbo and now he's not in limbo apparently. And that's just very cool. I mean, I heard man of steel two has been greenlit, which is insane. Has it though? I don't know. I've seen a bazillion posts that it is. Yeah, but I mean, nobody, I haven't seen anything official is my thing. Like I'm always like clicking on the links and hoping they're going to show us like, okay, where did this come from? And it's, so the the question is, and this is where we can only speculate you and I together right now, speculate. What does this mean? First of all, what does this mean for the, the quote unquote franchise? When you have justice league that (laughs) apparently no one likes, and you have the the Snyder cut that isn't going to go where you know like they're they're not following up on that. Does this just mean that we have this kind of nebulous like weird universe now of DCEU where it's just like yeah you know what's canon whatever's happening right now 
I think you could easily have a Justice League sequel that I mean that could be both a sequel to the Snyder cut and the Josh Whedon cut and and not skip a beat because it basically ends in the same spot. Um well, yes and no. It ends in the same spot as far as the the movie, but then you have the tag scene on the Snyder cut. With, yeah, with the, with like the whole theory. future stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, I think I think they could still do something with that. I saw an official quote, I believe, from The Rock talking about the possibility of that happening. Um, well, he kept – this is where I kind of figured Henry Cavill was showing up for this movie is because he kept saying like vague stuff like, yeah, I'd like to see Black Adam take on Henry Cavill's Superman. You know, yeah. and he actually said that before the movie came out and it sounded like – I think he was trying to play it up as wishful thinking, you know, but mm-hmm. apparently not. Um, you got James Gunn stepping in as kind of, I guess, a Kevin Feige, Feige, um, yeah, esque type of role. Uh, you've well, got. Let's, let's just hope he can do it. Um, <laughs> obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy, fantastic. Suicide Squad hated it. Um. So well, and that's just I mean, it. I don't. I don't want the. And and this was what I was worried about when you had Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad Two. You know, the only other, the only DCEU TV sh- series was was Peacemaker on HBO Max, and I'm like, the, I don't want this. Yeah, I don't. I don't want the DC universe to be this sarcastic, uh, dour. You know, like hopeless. Yeah. yeah, I, I, I want, I want Superman. You don't have to give me Christopher Reeve. You don't have to give me seventies era Superman. That's looking back at the you know nostalgia of the fifties. You know, mm-hmm. but give me some hope. You know, well, like, I did see a quote from Henry Cavill today, where he said his portrayal going forward is going to be hope, optimism, and joy. So. I would love that. Yes. The best bits of the man of steel were like, I I love the one, the moments where he's like standing in the sun and getting ready to take flight, you know? And it's just like, you can feel him just soaking in the sun and, you know, enjoying the flying and you know, that I, I, that's what I want to see. I want to see a Superman who actually cares. Yeah. And, well, and if they give us that, it's a good arc for him. Like where the arc ended with Zack Snyder's stuff, not great. But if they if they build on it, I like the arc where it's you know and, he, yeah, and and that's the benefit of the doubt that I was giving them with Man of Steel <laughs> is that okay, he's starting things out here. He's going off, he's doing stuff, and he's learning. And you know, I I had no trouble with his, you know, the, the killing of Zod in -hmm. that, you know, the whole, the, everything about the city being destroyed and the the collateral damage. This is a superhero who is coming up against a supervillain, unlike anything he's ever seen before. And he is just trying to stop him and, and it's not succeeding, you know? And, and so what is he going to do? The rest of the world is going to be destroyed. Exactly. You know? And so, I don't have problems with Zack Snyder's vision of man of steel as the stepping stone toward a, a Superman who yeah believes in hope and who believes in justice. And yes. Well, and then I like uh, the Batman V Superman uh, continuation of that, where Superman he's trying to do what's right. And everybody just is criticizing him and putting him down for it. Yeah. And yeah. so he's kind of just losing hope in that. And then he dies and then comes back to life. And that's got to give you hope no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there is something to this life of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I, I, I'm not excited about the DCEU right now, just because there's no vision behind it right now. And so what I'm hopeful for is, for there to be some vision. And if the vision is just, Hey, we're going to do 
every movie and just kind of take it as it comes. And so that means we're going to have a Joker movie. That means we're going to have a The Batman movie. And that means we're going to have, oh, Ben Affleck might show up here. So that means it's this one, you know. Mm. And and then you have the Flashpoint thing, which I still don't know where that's going to go. But well, that's, Ezra what, Miller, he apologized. What you're describing is what they're doing currently with the animated movies the PG 13 animated movies, because they've got this continuity that's going on, but then every other one is not a continuity movie. It's just a random comic adaptation or something. Um, so that's, that's what you're describing. And I like it. Um, but the way the rock has been talking, um, he's got a vision and he says there's a vision. And so hopefully they're listening to his vision and James Gunn's a part of that. Because, um, I mean, he kind of... Like, Dwayne Johnson really just took the helm on this. And I can tell that they're passionate about these characters in this movie. And it was it's really cool. And it's just... It's, it's different than Zack Snyder. Because, I mean, you read interviews with Zack Snyder before he started on Superman. And several times he said, I never want to do a Superman movie because I don't get him. And then all of a sudden he's doing the Superman movie. So it's like, yay, great. <laughs> so it's nice to have people who really like and know the characters running these things. And that's what gives people a, a valid opinion of Superman when they say they don't like Superman. And what I mean is when you have people who don't believe in the character or don't understand the character or don't like the character – doing the character then yeah it it's not a great character <laughs> like it's yeah. but if you have people who who can understand this is you know i i wish and and there may be some limitations on the storytelling here but i wish people would just get the fact that what makes superman a compelling character is that he could kill everyone but he checks himself yeah he chooses to save people he chooses to look for the best way to do things and maybe he fails and maybe he stumbles but what makes him interesting to me is you have this person who is just trying to figure out how do i live life and how do i use what i have to help other people and how does lois fit into this you know and so yeah you could have in my opinion you take those ideas and you do that with just petty thugs as your villains and you actually – you can have a compelling story even though he clearly outclasses them. And that's what makes the Christopher Reeve movies work is that, yeah, he could crush Lex Luthor's head and but that's not what he's doing. That's not who he is. That's not what he's about. And he wants to help people. He doesn't want to kill people and he wants to like stop the bad guy. But he wants to do it in the best way possible. And, you know, the whole thing where the crisis in the first Superman movie is, does he disobey his dad and use his power in a way that he's not supposed to? But it means saving people, you know, and Lois pushes him over the edge with that decision. And, you know, it works. And it frustrates me when I see people who are writing Superman or dealing with Superman and they just don't get it, and they don't, or they don't try to get it. Yep. Or they go too far in the other way, where he's like, "This is the Messiah," you know. Um, yeah. And that, that's what a lot of that's what. Well, I mean, I'm not talking about the movies. I'm talking about the comic books, where it's like Superman literally cannot sin, and he is just the beacon of hope for the entire universe to look at. And I'm not crazy about that interpretation either. But there is something to it at least for me anyway and, and i don't know how far you know what what i need to read to get as far as what you're saying there but um i do like the fact that he inspires everyone yes. to do better well, you know i and, like yes i like that in the same way that captain america does that yeah. but no one is forming a cult to worship captain america like has happened several times in in various superman media I've only read one uh, cult story, and I liked it because it made sense that there would be people mm -hmm. who take it wrong and decide, oh, we should 
worship this alien, strange visitor from another world. So this sounds like a separate podcast episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we need to talk about Black Adam, (laughs) (laughs) who's not inspiring anybody. Uh, The geopolitical stuff, though, it's interesting. And I did appreciate that they did talk about this, you know, as far as you have this invading force and no one helped them. And yeah. and it's it's a simple question for the people on the ground who are like, this is our home and no one helped us with our home. But then it is not a simple question of just, OK, so how far can we take this? How far can we go? What do we do as far as like sending troops in or sending yeah. soups in? <laughs> well, and it's what what's the difference between and like for the people on the ground? What's the difference between, you know, uh police justice and war because lethal force Uh obviously is okay in war um so yeah it's it's a interesting and and i i love the conversation that amanda waller has with black adam at the end that was that was great uh back and forth yeah he's like there's no one on this planet who can stop me well i've got the phone number of people from other planets yeah (laughs) it's like oh man so good i also like and this goes to who Superman is, right? So his yeah. conversation with Black Adam is not, okay, hey, we're going to fight. It's, hey, we need to talk. Yeah. You know, like, and, and how is the conversation going to go? We don't know. Not but well. It's, it, well, <laughs> but it starts, it starts where I look at, you know, a hero like Superman. I, I want him to start there. Yeah, I don't want absolutely. him to just fly in, fists flying. You know, this is... We need to we need to talk. Let's start with the conversation. Let's start with, you know, where are you coming from? Here's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Superman should never throw the first punch unless it's dark side. (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah, I think the case can be made for a couple different places where maybe he should. But in this situation where Black Adam is creating a, a stable environment for the time being. Yeah, no, Superman should not come in and throw the first punch. You know, right. he should come in and say, hey, let's talk. Yeah, and, that, I mean, that's, that's Dark Knight Returns Superman, which I'm not a fan of. That's why? That's Dark Knight Returns oh, Superman, gotcha. yeah. where he's a stooge of the American government and just does whatever they say. Um, so I really hope they don't go that route with him. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think whenever we have the next black adam and he does fight superman we're gonna have one of those moments like the flash had in the justice league movie where it's where it's, you know black adam's gonna be fighting him and then he's gonna realize wait a second this guy's actually like as strong as yeah, he, he's keeping <laughs> up <laughs> yeah i i like henry cavill's superman and i don't here's the problem i didn't want to get excited like they showed that scene and I'm just in my in my soul, I'm just they're not gonna give us what we want. They're they're teasing something we're never gonna get. So I don't wanna hope. <laughs> That's the opposite of the Superman message, Ben. <laughs> well, but Superman's not making Superman movies. True. So it's true. Warner Brothers and Discovery. I'm saying if if The Rock is in it, I have optimism about it because he just he knocked this one out of the park for me. Yeah, it, it was it was solid. It's solid. I think that I I I didn't like it quite as much as you, but um, I definitely enjoyed myself. Well worth the five bucks for sure. Worth the five bucks. If it's on HBO Max and you're already subscribed to that, watch this movie. <laughs> watch this movie. If you don't feel like making the trip to the theater, you know, just wait. But I, I, I don't do. I don't feel like this is a must go right now kind of a thing. This is a rent when it's available. But speaking of The Rock, uh my co-host from the Aspiring Kryptonians podcast got to meet him at the London premiere of the movie. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, she got to go backstage, her and like ten other people, and just hang out with him super cool that is cool he's just so huge <laughs> he's just a giant giant man <laughs> and it, yeah he played the part well this is definitely 
a uh, and your mileage may vary on the names I'm about to throw out, but I, I feel like he was a, a Christopher Reeve kind of a thing, a, a Gal Gadot kind of thing, a Henry Cavill kind of thing, where that character is now embodied there. Uh, 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 Robert Downey Jr. kind of a thing, where everything they write after this in comics is going to be based on this <laughs> this portrayal you know it's it's going to be the rock like he or dwayne johnson um it's he he filled it out took it made it his and yeah you're you're not going to recast it because you can't because he was perfect yep yep all right i got one last thing okay and that is I'm curious, like, how much was in the back of their mind as they're doing this movie thinking Terminator 2? <laughs> this is – they're teaching him catchphrases. They're teaching him not to murder. It is Terminator 2. Oh, I was getting – I was getting Marty McFly from – or just like they're they're trying to make this kid the 80s hero kid because he's <laughs> – you know, he's got, he's got the skateboard. He's grabbing on to cars. He's got all the posters in his room and he can just he's getting away from everybody. But the posters are all getting punched up. Yeah. So you have Black Adam punching his hand through a Superman poster. Yep. yep. Like, let's let's not put too fine a point on it. No, no, no. Let's let's put a really fine point on it. And <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, between yeah. the two of us, it's a three point five out of five. That's what it averages out to. Indeed. So, all right, uh, Evan, final words then. Final words. Let's see. My final words would be the Black Blossom graphic novel Kickstarter is live at inked.pub slash Black Blossom. All right. My final words are thank you so much for listening. Check us out here. Uh, strangersandaliens.com you can find our videos and other episodes there and on YouTube please subscribe to our YouTube channel we have 115 subscribers right now which is great kind of got a constant growth there Um, and we're posting about once a week with with episodes uh, about different books and little short devotionals and some other stuff Um, we got a review coming up that I'm pretty excited about and yeah. So please check us out. Strangers and Aliens on YouTube. It's actually gotten to a point now where it's one of your top results. If you search for Strangers and Aliens, it's not just going to bring up the song by DeGarmo and Key from the mid 90s <laughs> or a random sermon series by a, a couple different people. It actually brings us up as a channel. Nice. Now. So, yeah. Yeah. We have arrived. <laughs> well, I think it comes from me. I keep on looking. I, I think it just might be I'm, I might have affected the algorithm by myself alone, <laughs> just like searching strangers and aliens and scrolling through until I find it. Um, nice. So everybody do that. Go search <laughs> strangers and aliens and scroll and then click the channel link. And then subscribe. You know, there's. <laughs> I mean, it's basically this podcast stuff. The only problem is uh, with the podcast here, you can just use your imagination. And Evan and I can be really handsome. Um, <laughs> but if you're watching the YouTube channel, you're going to see my face and you're going to realize the truth. So, yeah. Just brace yourselves. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just take away that ideal form that you have in your head. <laughs> embrace yourself for some reality so well i remember my friend john when he started first listening to this show he thought you were my age and then he was very surprised because <laughs> i am not <laughs> i am not no i'm not twice your age anymore though because how can you not be twice my age anymore because the older we get the closer the gap becomes every year you gain on me in order for me to to remain twice your age, I have to gain oh, two years on you. Gotcha, so, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, I see. Yep. Every year that gap gets closer and closer and closer. It'll never be closed, but oh. yeah. but 
Maybe if our kids get married, we can be like brothers. <laughs> That'd be cool. All I know is I'm closing in on 50 in a couple years here, and I don't know what that means about how I feel about myself. But right now, I'm still feeling pretty young. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Those were a That's lot of it. final words. Yeah, yeah. So here's my actual final words, everyone. I don't care how old you are. I don't care where you are. I want to say thank you for listening and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at strangeandalien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is one 804 Once again, thanks for listening. Yeah, no, he's a murdering murderer who murders.